there was a type of ship there that was metallic and it was just parked there and it's different from all the ships i have seen doc because you could feel the humming similar to the experience i had in brazil when you feel this it's not anxiety sensation but you feel good you feel you feel like excited you you feel a good vibe about the place and it looks similar to the ships that were parked the one i saw in that other mission all those ships that were parked but this one was up close and i could see and the archaeologist that was with the ranger he went to it and he touched it and a door opened sideways from the ship and no stairs came down so you had to like get up there by by you know jumping or grabbing the the edge of it and climbing in no ramp or nothing came down of it you're listening to exopolitics today with dr michael sala your source for the uncensored truth regarding the human extraterrestrial global and political agenda click the like button and subscribe to this channel and now Here's Dr. Michael Sala. I'm very happy to have JP back with us on Exopolitics today. JP has just come back from a new mission and he's happy to share some of the details with us. So welcome back, JP, to the show. Hey, how you doing? Dr. Michael Isala, thank you for the opportunity to bring this information out. We're, li we're living exciting times and we need to have a lot of love because the things that are about to come out is going to be exciting and a lot of people are not going to accept it you know but there's things that is going to happen and they need to happen in in order for disclosure to happen in a fast pace so why don't you tell us uh, i mean when did this mission happen this happened two days ago Two days ago. So we're talking February 28. Yes. So um, what happened during this mission? So we woke up early. I woke up early. Like around 5 o'clock a.m. 0500. And we get a call. When I say we, you know, it was uh, me and five other guys. So a total of six people. Six personnel. And we got a call to meet up to this close airport where I live. I drove to the airport and the other five guys, they were there waiting already. And we took small, small jet like plane. I'm not going to give you the specifics because where we went was really a secure area. So it took three hours, three hours and a half to get to this location by plane. And we got to this location. I could tell you where it is, but not the location because they're still doing an investigation and it's this investigation has been going on for a while, but they have found um, different devices in this location. This location is in the Grand Canyon dock. Once we landed, we got into this white van, the six of us, and we drove like two hours and we met up with this national park service ranger 
I remember they had a orange patch on the left shoulder saying National Park Services. So he had a beard. He was wearing green pants, you know, tan shirt. And he was with an archaeologist. But the archaeologist that he was with, he spoke Arabic. And he know how to re read like Egyptian writings and all that. So I have heard, I have heard that there was something over there, but you know, we never gave it a thought. And he took us in. Like I said, we drove like around two hours. So like around 10-ish, 10.40, we were at the location in the Grand Canyon. It was a massive cave. We took a boat ride, 40 minutes upstream. And this place is protected. We went to this cave and it, it's funny that it's raining because it started raining when we, we started entering the cave. And that's kind of cool. So it started raining. So we went into the cave and everybody went in. Wow, that's hilarious. <laughs> it starts raining when I when I'm saying the part where it started raining in the in the in the experience that we had. Synchronicity. Yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> so we went in the cave and there was rooms. There was like on the right, rooms on the right, rooms on the left. And we kept going down this hallway. And you can see the walls. It looked like it was carved out. And I look to the right and I see, I see a similar writing that I saw in one of the arcs. And I talked to one of the soldiers that was is always with me, you know, in these missions. And I said, hey, do you remember these writings? He's like, yeah, 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 I do, I do. In the arc of the Atlantic arc, right? I said, yeah, yeah, this writing is similar to the ones we see in the Atlantic arc. So, and then the ranger was like, hey, and you can hear an echo. Come over here. This is what we need to show you. Uh, we had a high-ranking guy with us, but I did not know what rank he was. I didn't know who he was, but he had a mask, but he was with us. He was one of the five, and he never showed his face, and he was with us, and he, he was always with the ranger. The ranger was showing him what to do, but I was so excited about the, you know, about the language on the walls. It was similar to the arcs, to the arc in the Atlantic. So the ranger calls us and we go, we go to where the ranger is and we get there and he's like, oh, you see this? You see these tablets? And there were like uh, a metal type of tablets and they were stacked up like 20 by 20 stacked up and well let me ask RPI. you a few questions now just right. to kind of like in terms of what you've said so far let me because now you're talking about the tablets but before that you you saw the hieroglyphic like writing on the walls similar to the atlantic art now how was the writing illuminated were there lights in there how, how did you see it 
Oh, we had we had lamps. We had flashlights, strong lamps, flashlights. There was no light coming out from where we were at. Everything was lamps and flashlights. So were you, like, when you began the mission, were you kind of, like, given equipment that would basically help you go into an underground or into a cavern area? We have we had bags, yeah. We had bags and all that with the equipment already. We always go prepare. We always have everything on standby just in case we do go to a place that is dark. We already have everything we need to complete our mission. And I know in your last mission where you went underground and you saw the, the, the spaceport down there, you were in civilian attire. Were you in civilian attire again or were you in military fatigues? We were in military fatigues. And and were you armed? No, we was not armed. Okay. We had the, well, there was two people that had the M17, the six, but other than that, none of us were, were armed. Okay, so in the cavern, you see that the hieroglyphs on the walls, uh, you have flashlights so you can illuminate it. Are they just the walls? Uh, what about the ceilings? What about the floor? Well, the, the ceilings were smoothed out like uh, like marble. It, they were smoothed out, and it, it looked like an arc. It looked like an arc, so it, it was smoothed out. Like you can like, like an arch. Like an arch, but it kept, it kept going, and it's smooth like marble, like the... Like it was, it was made by something. Like it was professionally done by somebody that knows about architecture. Okay, so very smooth walls and ceiling, right? The walls had holographics, similar to what we see in Egypt, but they were they were not colored in. They were ingrained on the walls. So it's holographics, but uh, on when you go into the rooms. Some of them were with color, holographic physical color. Uh, I went into one room with another guy, and we flashed the flashlight to the to to the wall. And depending how you put the light lighting, it gives you a different holographics. Um, like depending where the shadow is, the story changes. So it was kind of cool. I never seen that type of holographics before. Usually, is is one. And it's straight, but depending on how you flash your light on it and the shadows you see, it turns to a different story. So I guess you have to know the degree of the lighting you give on the holographics to in order to get the story. You know, it's like a type of code. They also had this in arcs too. When they were down there, there were also doing that on on different parts of the arcs because depending how you move the light on shadows you can see it giving a different story or saying something different so you can look at uh say a three by three holographics and it can say two to three different stories depending on how you put the light on it so it's it's, it's kind of interesting so it is usually left up and right will give you the stories because we have to know that in these days, back in the ancient times, they didn't have a lot of lighting in inside. Some of them had lighting, but they figured out how by using shadows and, and manipulating the 3D action of the holographic with shadows, you could tell different stories. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. 
Yeah, I think uh, I do. I think there's, you know, in the commercial market, you know, there are things where almost like, yeah, you can just kind of shift the angle and you see a different perspective, depth perspective. So, yeah, I can understand how. Similar to, I don't know if you ever seen a tattoo that says life, and then you turn it upside down and it says death. Okay. It's, it's similar, like, to that. I don't know if people have ever seen that before. That's kind of cool. That's a cool tattoo. It says life. And when you turn it upside down, it says death. So similar to the holographics, you know, depending how you flash the lights, uh, it gives you a different story. So we were in that room and then we kept going out because there's a lot of, of research that has to be done on, on this place that we went and a lot of information that is there that could change everything that we think of, but they're holding it back for a particular time. I don't know when, I don't know what's going on, but this is something that the public needs to know and it's really really interesting so we went in we kept going in and we kept following the ranger and then we went into this big 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 hallway and we saw a lot of mummies it was a lot of mummies and there were they were probably like six two six foot tall mummies not they were wrapped with white cloth but the cloth was already tan of how old it was and we passed that big room and then we went farther in and the ranger said hey we never went this far in but the reason before we called you continue, before you go on what, what happened to the metallic ta uh, tablets you said you saw metallic tablets after you left the room with the hieroglyphs well those metallic tablets they're still in that particular room so the same room as the hieroglyphs, you had these metallic tablets. Yes. And what were they like? I mean, just describe more. They're heavy. They're heavy. They were gold, golden color. And each one was like 60, 65 pounds. I tried to move one, 65 pounds. And by it, it had like a, a stand that you can put them on. You can put them on a stand, but these they have holes in them. They have holes in them. And in the writing, like, same thing. When you flash a light, this stand that holds the tablets, when you flash the light on it, on the wall, you can see constellations using these, these, these tablets. They, they show dots that show the constellation on the wall. So that was quite interesting. And it also had writings as well. But they did not have pictures. So, so when you say they had writings but not pictures, so, so the, the walls had these hieroglyphs, the tablets had writing but no pictures. So that would seem to be a different language altogether. Different language. It was a different language, uh, similar to the Sumerian language, with the triangles, dots, lines, triangles, lines, lines, triangles, little triangles on the tips you know, more closer to the Sumerian text. Okay, well, I, I know the Mormons talk about Joseph Smith seeing these golden tablets that were part of some ancient civilization in the Americas, and, and then the tablets were taken away. But it sounds something like that, these golden tablets with writings on them of in an ancient language, maybe like Sumerian. Yeah. Um... There was a lot of, lot of it. it. It was a room like a library. There was a lot of these tablets. 
it, it was kind of interesting. But they were more interested in what they wanted to show us behind the room where the mummies were. Okay. Yeah. So I, I I know they probably they probably were there. I think they already knew about all these rooms and all that. But what they really wanted to show us was the room behind. After we went to the other room, all six of us, plus the ranger and that archaeologist guy, the ranger was excited to show us this room. So the guy that's wearing the mask, that's a high ranking, that I don't know who he was, we followed him, and he just went like, what the hell is this, when he went into the room. And we had um, we had the, the lamps, and everybody, we made a, you know, when you go in, make a right, the second guy makes a left. Third guy makes a right, fourth guy makes a left, and we did like a horseshoe, and we just spotted the light. There was a type of ship there that was metallic, and it was just parked there. And it's different from all the ships I have seen, Doc, because you could feel the humming. Similar to the experience I had in Brazil, when you feel this... It's not anxiety sensation, but you feel good. You feel, you feel like excited. You you feel a good vibe about the place, and it looks similar to these ships that were parked. The one I saw in that other mission, all those ships that were parked, but this one was up close, and I could see. And the archaeologist that was with the ranger, he went to it and he touched it, and a door opened sideways from the ship and no stairs came down. So you had to like get up there by, by, you know, jumping or grabbing the, the edge of it and climbing in no ramp or nothing came down of it. And this ship did not have no legs. It was just on this, on its belly and on the, on the dirt, on the sand, there was a couple rocks. It? it was the size of, like four minivans all together four so maybe 50 or 60 by 60 uh, feet we're talking about feet 60 feet by 60 feet okay it is it, it's a, it's a, it's a good size but we looked inside and it's like for little for little people not for our size smaller people i saw writings on it like the same writings I saw with the ant people, uh, really similar writing, but I think it was more ancient. And I also saw on in the ship, you could see, like you could put your hands on, like two hands side by side, and and it has layers that you could fit also human hands on it. And I think that's the way you control the ship, putting your hands in there, and then quantum communicates with you with the brain and you go from there so you were actually inside the ship so were you like were were you able to walk around or did you have to go on your knees or something or crouch no i I had a crouch i had a crouch um we all had a crouch one of the guys put his hand on and the ship turned on but he just put one hand he was like oh shit oh man You, you guys saw that Oh man, I activated it. And the archaeologist was like, hey, don't put two hands there. You put the two hands there, we all die. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, oh crap. So when he put his hand on, 
it, the ship lighted up. Like, you know, when you take a picture, it lit up like that. He took his hand off fast. Uh, what was cool is when you flash a light on a ship, it absorbs the light. So the light gives it energy. So it absorbs the light and it uses the light as energy as well. So when you flash the flashlight, it does not uh, reflect back. It absorbs it. So when you turn off the flashlight, you can see um, this part of the metal of the ship turning blue and then glow in the dark and then disappears. So any light, any light will give energy to this ship or anything that gives heat also gives energy to the ship. So us being there, we were giving energy to the ship. And that was what the archaeologist was explaining. He knew a lot about about this. The the ranger, he was just, oh, I can't believe this is here, but we can't talk nothing about it. If I say anything about this, they'll think I'm a cook. Uh, and he's like, yo, tell me about it, you know. So these rangers that work in these national parks, some of them are hired just to take care of these places. So I found that kind of interesting. So when you say to take care of these places, that is to kind of like find them and to kind of like sanitize them from the public, make sure the public doesn't know and just let the authorities. Make, yeah, make sure they don't get close to it, make sure that, you know, the public don't know. But I talked to the ranger. He said they pick a select few that were ex-military or worked somewhere in the government. And those selected few are in charge of keeping these place, you know, clean and make sure these place are kept nice. And not even uh, his comrades know about these places or location. Only they know, only those chosen that are protecting the National Park Service are protected, you know, it's, it's protected. But we were coming in and before it rained, downstream, you could see more people. I could see more people there. So we were not the only ones there. More downstream, there was also, I saw a military tent and I saw a black helicopter there parked. Well, I saw that before going into the caves. So uh, for me, I thought, okay, oh, that's how we're going to go into here. And then we're going to come out from over there and take the helicopter back. But that wasn't the case. We wouldn't, we, we never went to where the helicopter was. So we went in and we saw the ship and they started taking pictures. I didn't have my phone with me. If I had my phone with me, I would take pictures. I know a lot of people want pictures and all that, but soon people, you know, people will see these ships flying around. They're going to be flying around a lot, especially South America, Australia, that area and mid United States. They're going to see this a lot. They're going to see these ships coming up and maneuvering and coming down. Do you have any idea of, of who piloted that ship? Which one? The, the one that you saw, the one that you went inside, you had to crouch and it had hieroglyphs on the walls or writing on the walls. I'm thinking, I'm thinking an older version of the Ant People. What makes because they were saying say that, that they, they, have, they have lost. The Ant People that are living now, they don't have the, as much of these ships as they used to have. It's more the Nordics. The Nordics have these ships now. 
But the Nordics used to give it and let the air people use it. Use it. And also, the smaller alien-looking types, what's their names? The one that have, they have the big eyes, the grays, but the smaller ones, not the tall ones. Yeah, yeah, the short greys, uh, they're typically three feet, four feet. They're the ones that are often seen in, in abductions. You, you, you think it's possible it was one of their craft? I think it was one of theirs or the ant people because it wasn't the Nordics. This was different inside, but it was similar though. Similar technology, but it's, it's different how it absorbs the energy. It's more advanced, a little bit more advanced than the Nordics. Did you see any kind of instrumentation, seats inside the craft? No, I did not see instrumentation. I saw a type of chair that was made with the ship. Okay, can you describe the chair? I mean, uh, how, I mean, how big would the person have been who would sit in that chair? Probably like three feet, four feet tall. Okay, so an ancient group of the ant people or or some species or subspecies because there's i know there's many different types of greys and some mm. not all of them are involved in abduction some of them are you know even work with the galactic federation so i'm told so mm -hmm. th this could be one of those or as you said the ant people so there was a uh, writing on the walls and you said that was that that wasn't hieroglyphs in the spaceship it was just writing no not in the ship on the, on the walls before going into the ship, before the mummy place, bigger cavern that we passed, that's where the writing was and where the tablets were. So the on the walls, the on the walls, not inside the ship, but on the walls, there was there was a type of writing, but it looked like a drawing, more holographics, drawing with with the sun. I know I saw a picture of the sun. And with the rays of the sun heading out into these mountains, I saw that picture. And then on the left side, we saw an army. It looks like mixture. The picture, you can see a mixture of races together. And they were lined up in army. So I saw like ant people, Nordics uh, in the picture, but they were like really miniature. They were really miniature, and you could see like them lined up as soldiers, lined up, and and similar to what they do in um, those parades they do in North Korea, but as a picture, but different races together. The high-ranking guy, he thought that picture was kind of interesting. He he was taking pictures of of that. Okay, so so inside the craft, did it have different rooms, different compartments, or was it just one big? area inside is it, it was a one big area there was a a small round coming out from the middle there was a, something round coming out from the middle and you could swipe it and flaps comes up so you can make separate rooms flaps come up like it looks like a liquid but when you touch it it stops so it comes up like like liquidity, and it connects to the wall. And then when it comes down, it all comes down at once. But when it goes up, it comes up like, ah, oh, how can I explain this? Like liquid um, mercury attracted to magnets. You know how that looks? Yeah, I, I can't picture it, but yeah, I, that makes sense that 
liquid mercury would have some interesting interaction with magnets. Okay, so that's how it looked. Mm -hmm. And it closes, but that's about it. We were there just 30 minutes because we had to go to another room and then we had to leave and come back to base. So before you, you went to the other room, so around the spaceship, so what was your primary mission during this whole thing? What were you supposed to do? Were you, were you just to be... Activation. Activation. Activating. So, so did you activate anything or was it just this other guy that was with you that, you know, activated, put his hand on the on the console and it activated? It, it, it was the other guy. The other guy that activated it. So he's like you. He's he goes into craft and it, things activate. Is that similar? Yeah, yeah. So did did you recall activating anything? Mm, I did not activate anything in this trip. No, I did not activate. But I felt I felt a, that sensation. You know, when we saw the ship, we all felt the sensation. So. And what was the sensation? That anxiety, that that good feeling that that you get when you see something exciting, and everybody was feeling like love, like that good, that good mood. So some more anticipation rather than anxiety. Yeah, like like you know what you're gonna expect, like you know the ship is calling you, like you know you need to go in there and check it out. I see. I'm sure people will feel that same way if if they see a ship, you know. <laughs> they, they would want to see it up close, you know. Okay, so you leave the ship and you go into another room. We go to another room. So we get down one by one, and the ranger takes us to another room. And this other room is a huge library with scrolls of libraries. And they had metal caps, copper metal caps each one and they were put in nice rows like like 20 feet high of just scrolls and scrolls and the archaeologists felt crazy got crazy with this room because it, it, it was a treasure for him and for everybody i guess for humanity that this was found and that room in the middle had a ball with constellations and this ball they can move it and it goes down all the way it, it goes down these beautiful stairs that go around but it goes down all the way uh we did not go down they said that we cannot go down yet because they don't know what's down there and w one of my friends was like, hey, no, let's go down there. Let's see. Let's investigate it. We're here, you know, now it's might as well get it over with. And the guy wearing the mask that's high ranking, he says, no, we can't go down there now. We cannot go down there now. So let's close it back up. Let's head out. I got what I needed. So basically we were there with the guy that was high ranking and the high ranking dude, he got the information and... He did not leave with us. When we left in the van, he left somewhere else. He probably went to the helicopter. We left back the same way. So we we went back into the ship room. We went back into the hallway and then passing the room where the holographics and tablets were. 
and we came out from the cave cavern, got on the boat, went where the mini white van was, and we went to the airport. And so you we can came only back. get to this. You can only get to this cavern by boat. Then you have to go into the yeah. Grand Canyon and get on a boat. It's all a restricted area, kind of military park rangers only. Yeah, restricted area. It was quite interesting. Quite interesting. They have hundreds of rooms in there, thousands of chambers. Interesting Big you city. say that. It's it's very similar. I remember the Wingmakers material when that came out in the late 1990s, I think 98, 99. They yeah. said that they found in the Grand Canyon uh, something like, like I think it was a, a cave and it had like 23 chambers in it, each one having different things. So it sounds similar to what you described, like one room having hieroglyphics, having gold metallic tablets, other other rooms having other, other artifacts, mummies. So it sounds like there's a lot of things that uh, are buried in the Grand Canyon in these kind of like areas that were built by who, who knows who. And, and they still live there. That's the thing. The park ranger says that they come out sometimes, but he, 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 he didn't tell us how they look like. He so just told us that it, they had big, big eyes. Oh, so is that like the ant people? I think he's talking about the ant people, but he didn't say who they were. Interesting. Now, this high-ranking officer, I mean, how did you know he was high-ranking? Did he just like sh show ID? Did he just say, I'm an officer? No. How did you know we, he was in charge? We just knew. We just knew. Okay. We, we knew he was in charge. So when you, you say you knew, I mean, what, before could, the mission begins, you're just told so-and-so is going to be there and he'll be in charge of the mission. Well, we didn't get no name or nothing, but we we know he was high-ranking. Most of the time when they don't show their face and they go on these missions, they're high-ranking. So that's like a, that's something that we know. You know, they don't show their face. They're high-ranking. Sometimes they do show their face, but I guess... They're in the public eye a lot, and they do not like to show their faces. So do you know, or were you given any kind of information about when this stuff is going to start being released? No, we did not get information about when these stuff are getting released, but there's going to be soon, there's going to be news about this, but I don't know when are the dates. Probably in the same time when we see these ships flying around. And we, we are seeing these ships flying around, you know, people are already taking notice about these ships. People are making videos on, in planes. People are making videos all over South America, Japan. People are, are, are already making videos about what's happening. So anything you want to tell my audience about what to expect, you know, based on this experiences and other experiences you had? Like last time, you're going into the underground civilization. Is this all being, be are we building towards something? We are, we are building towards something. All I'm saying to the audience, you know, share your love. Have, have a lot of peace in your heart when these things come out. Don't, don't get angry of the information 
if it changes a belief system that you had before, you got to open up your eyes, open up your heart, open up your mind on history, on different things that has happened. Because a lot of people are going to be shaken up with this kind of information that comes out. And a lot of people, you know, when this information about the pilots chasing the Tic Tac UFO, a lot of people, you know, were shocked, you know, they, wow, the Pentagon now is talking about UFOs, uh, you know, the government, all that, you know, but we just have to, you know, I, I love my country. I serve my country and I will not change this country for nothing in the world, you know? and share love and be ready because anytime you know something is gonna these ships are gonna come out and surprise a lot of people you know well thank you jp for coming forward to to share this amazing information about this grand canyon uh, discovery confirming what others have talked about and discoveries in the past and of course for just having the courage to to speak out about it what what you're seeing directly experiencing and thank you for your service to the country no problem my pleasure god bless everybody you know and we're just living exciting times let's put it that way we're living exciting times and we just have to play our cards right and who we can trust or who we cannot trust. Because there's gonna be a lot of deceivers, a lot of deceivers in these days coming up. You have been listening to Exopolitics Today with Dr. Michael Sala. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to this channel. Join or start a conversation in the comments. Take the time to explore the vast library of best-selling books, webinars, and podcasts by Dr. Sala visit exopoliticstoday.com.